That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. with my handsome face for the oh no that's fine remainder of the that's gonna be tough but let me see it probably actually helps to actually see something oh you know what we're going that route mitch all right i'm glad you haven't shaved the beard i'll I'll say that much right now (laughs) i was thinking about that though i think you'd be all right if maybe you just kept the mustache if you really want to get curious Uh, i don't know i think i think that was all just a pipe dream Uh, i'm half naked <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC podcast with no limits. Tonight we have the perfect follow-up to last week's landmark episode, which featured Tom King being trolled super hard by Crosby Montana, aka Clayman. So let's hit tonight's roundtable. We've got the Bat Force Times in New York, Bat Force Tom in California. It's raining today, dude. Grandpa Batman in Texas. Fuck Robert Pattinson. <laughs> chance and i'm robin cross in canada so tonight's guest is a multiple time eisner award winner and nominee currently nominated for 82 percent of all categories in this year's voting (laughs) you've seen his work in the pages of punisher mr miracle sheriff of babylon heroes in crisis and batman among many others the first man to depict dark side eating from a store-bought veggie tray the best beard in comics since alan moore Mr. Mitch Garrett. Howdy. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here tonight. <laughs> Thanks for having me. So how's life been lately? Life's been good. It's been weird. Like I haven't drawn a page in like a month and a half, which is well, very weird has. for me. I'm usually I, I, constantly I working. Thought that, I thought that was illegal for comic artists. <laughs> I, I just I kind of fell through. Tom and I have our, our upcoming thing and... He's been so busy on Batman, they didn't want to like get him started on it, so I kind of just sat, and I did a couple covers here and there, but now I've got the green light, so I've been working on it, and uh, it's, it's been good. It's been good to return. Ah. Would this have anything to do with that ominous tweet that you said, I know something about a something that I can't say about that something, but it's something? Uh, our thing is a different something. Okay. <laughs> a lot of I knew it. I knew it. That's a, a lot of somethings. I say congrats, by the way, Mitch, on uh, the hardcover release for uh, yes. Mr. Miracle. Which Thank is, you. Um, it looks gorgeous, doesn't it's, it? It's Dude, been selling it, out across it, the board, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get it last week because my shop was out of it, so I had to wait till this week. Tom had to hit the corner, man. <laughs> yep. See, I still haven't heard if it's actually sold out or if stores just didn't order enough. I know that uh, in, online on a couple online retailers, it's on back order, and then at my shop, they sold out of every every issue that they ordered. Yeah, gotcha. In stock well, trades to too, they get a um, they're a big uh, distributor, and uh, they sold out quite quickly as well, which is almost unheard of. So, uh, yeah, man, like hotcakes. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm so happy with it. It's it's so cool that they did it so quick. Yeah. Uh, I remember we just got a phone call one day from Dan DiDio, and he was just like, 
man, the internet really wants a hardcover. We should probably do that. <laughs> I wonder what he yeah. sounded like. He was a, hey, bitch, I, we got, the, got a lot of interest in the hardcover. You think we can do it? <laughs> that, was, that was much better than me. I don't have a chance to do it. I'm not going to try. I've just looked up the uh, hardcover on Diamond, and it is currently not available. Right. Well, we, are, uh, I mean, we are sold out. All right. We'll, we'll get you some more quick. There you go. Oh, thank you. So uh, we've never obviously uh, had the pleasure to have you on before. So if you don't mind, uh, we usually like to start off with just asking people what uh, what got you into into your line of earlier. What, what was that moment that made you decide this is what you want to do, the, the influences that brought you there? Yeah, no. Uh, so I've kind of been around comics my whole life. Uh I have two older brothers that are 13 and 14 years older than me. And so we kind of skipped that whole stage where they beat me up and went right to the, like, I think they're the coolest people on Earth stage. And uh, so they were big into comics. So I was, I was around comics before I could even read. I would sneak into my brother Greg's room and read his copies of Nexus. And even though I couldn't read, he just looked awesome. Uh, but then, like I can't, you know, comics are what got me to read. I was I was ahead of the class by the time I got to first grade, so mm. it's all comic books. Uh, and then, you know, a lot, fast forward to high school, and you know, I'd been reading Wizard magazine for years, and I knew how hard it was to actually break into comics, and I knew I was not in any way ready, even though I love drawing and all this, but like. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to play with the guys I admired. And so I was like, but I know I want to do art and I know I want to get out of the house and have a job. So I went to school, I went to college for graphic design and I graduated there and went and did graphic design for about six years, five years. And uh, we all, my whole division got let go. Uh, we lost an account, so everyone that did that account got let go. And I was like, all right, well, I can either apply for more graphic design or I could give that that comic book thing a shot. And uh, still, long story short, it kind of worked out. <laughs> I started as a colorist at Boom and just kind of got little gigs here and there. And then uh, we did the activity at Image. And then that parlayed into the Punisher. And then Punisher parlayed into Sheriff and... That was the beginning of all my DC stuff. Wow. Sheriff of Babylon was awesome, by the way. Thank you. I'm so proud of that book. Yeah. Uh, how did you get started working with Tom? Hello? Um, I, so I was two issues away from the end of Punisher, and I was being very picky about what I was doing next. And also I'd been, at Marvel, I'd been kind of pigeonholed as the military guy. <laughs> and so they were dragging their feet on giving me anything else because they didn't know what else to give me. And uh, also, I get a call from Jamie Rich one day, and he's like, "Hey, I'm the new guy at Vertigo. I have some stuff I'd love to pitch you." And so he pitched me like, I think three different ideas, and then he pitched me Sheriff. And I'm pretty sure his whole like thing was to wear me down with the other ideas and then <laughs> get me to do Sheriff. Uh, but I was I knew of Tom a little bit already from Grayson, and when he mentioned Tom, I was pretty much in. I mean, I knew Tom's history, so to do a a uh, CIA war book with Tom King was a no-brainer. A perfect match right there, it seems like. Yeah, and we just started working together and, like, clicked instantly. And now he's like my brother. He's the godfather of my child. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, we get along. 
clearly it's it's very clear online uh how how close the group of you are like the two of you play as well yeah it's 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 this weird thing where we go to conventions and i feel like i'm literally hanging out with my family uh sheriff of Babylon. like I, I work at a comic shop and sheriff of babylon is one of the books that i show to people who come in kind of looking to get into a comic for the first time and they they say you know i i don't like superhero stuff you know i, I don't do anything like that i don't want anything about like, magic or capes or anything so i show them something like that and it blows them away and then like okay what can i read next yeah that was kind of our one of our bigger goals on that book was just to make it accessible for people who maybe didn't read comic books um i mean we have the the brad thor quote right on the front that was to get a different kind of reader and yeah it was, it was we tried to make it as accessible to a different audience as we could there is i believe another volume of sheriff is still in the works there is it's actually completely written oh yeah so we just have to find a time for for me to jump on and do it i know we're kind of the reason we haven't jumped on it i mean there's multiple reasons we keep coming up with crazy ideas like mr miracle <laughs> but uh we're also kind of holding on to it until we're a little more satisfied with the the media stuff so we don't want to give them even more free ideas so yeah <laughs> the mr miracles were you were you on what came first the mr miracle stuff or hopping on to batman sheriff was just wrapping up and we were going to go right into sheriff part two, two or volume two, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, I wrote Tom and I, I need to break <laughs> this. This book has emotionally taxed me yeah. to the point where I, I can't do this kind of book right away. Batman for a bit. And, uh, so I did Batman, uh, 14 and 15. And th I think, Slowly after that, I was supposed to go do another arc on Batman, but that's kind of when we started formulating uh, Mr. Miracle. Well, actually, that's, I forgot a big part of it. So, uh, <laughs> The War of Jokes and Riddles, ah. uh, that, that arc, that was originally going to be a separate graphic novel for me and Tom, like a long Halloween kind of thing. And uh, it got approved, and we were all ready to go, and then all of a sudden Tom got a phone call one day. And they were like, this War of Jokes and Riddles thing, we love it. Let's put it in the main book. Mm. And, uh, you know, they can't fire Mikkel and uh, uh, I think Finch at the time. So, uh, Mitch, you're out. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this, is, this is my, like, dream book, you guys. This Man. was my, I was going to make it, like, my year one. Like, this was going to be it. And uh, so I was bummed out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, uh Tom calls me one day and he's like, he tells me the news and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. And uh, he's like, well, you know, they'll let us do whatever we want. And I've got some ideas. And I was like, Tom, I, there's, I mean, Batman's my be all end all. Like there's, I would maybe do a Mr. Miracle book. <laughs> and he, he, the line kind of went silent a bit. And he's like, what? I'm like, Mr. Miracle, you know, the, he's like, I know who it is. That's what I'm calling to pitch you. And uh, so that was just a weird cosmic lineup because I've I've loved Mr. Miracle since I was a kid. And so when he told me that, kind of erased all that. And I was like, oh, we can make this our thing. And wow. I think we did. Yeah, man. What it's kind of like uh, a crazy turn of events where 
you wanted to do this thing that was kind of like, you know, your your kind of uh, personal little project that you always wanted to do. But then the kind of death of that led to the Mr. Miracle stuff, which like, I mean, I don't know if you can be too mad about the end result of that because everyone's talking about this book now. Oh, not at all. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Miracle is going to, I mean, it's hugely, I'm so proud of it and it's a huge part of my life and it's this awesome thing where I had my first son right in the middle of it, like right when Scott had his. So like the whole book is kind of this time capsule of that time. And yeah, yeah, it's unbeatable. I couldn't ask for a better book to be a part it's, of. It's uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that because it's, that obviously comes out in the book so much with, uh, with the baby and, 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 you know, um, the way that you're kind of drawing the interludes cut between raising a baby, you know, bringing a baby home from the hospital and then him going to war and then coming home. Yeah, and for kind sure. Of like that, that, you know, that dichotomy, it's, it was, it was awesome to see. And I was, just, we were just talking off the air before you hopped on about like the first half of the book is very bright and like, you know, it's, it's daylight and they're out eating lunch. And then the second half where it kind of goes into the apocalypse stuff, it's so dark. And like, there's moments that are like, like really, um, almost like gothic and it's like man like this is crazy how like how much it you know it's just the differences in the art alone is just amazing in this book yeah and mm-hmm. that you know that's all these like meta things that tom and i would constantly discuss of like you know when you when you have a kid the world changes and you view it differently and we wanted to make sure that was a thing in the book that yeah all of a sudden like the world changes in the book and all these little like Tom and I got way into it <laughs> coming up <laughs> and like we would constantly end all these conversations with like nobody's going to pick up on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just us talking to a wall. Yeah. But luckily uh, you guys are wrong because I think that's what people love it so much yeah, is because I think so too. Yeah. yeah. You made you made a god extremely relatable. Yeah. And so Jacob in the book is literally just my kid but with black hair because I don't <laughs> think uh People would have bought Scott and Barta having a kid with jet blonde hair. <laughs> uh, given that um, War of Jokes and Riddles had been uh, unceremoniously yanked away from you, uh, I, I have seen you say in the past that your sort of dream book was a, a 12-issue Riddler story where he's like the smartest Riddler iteration that there's ever been is that still still something that you're after doing yeah no it's absolutely still my dream book the problem though is my demands are too high (laughs) (laughs) because like i want it to be one of those mysteries where like as things unfold people just like freak out like i remember the first time i read the da vinci code and like you would they would do some sort of mystery and kind of uncover it and that was like a real world thing that you could go look up and like it blew my mind, and I was, like, telling Tom about this, and he just looked at me like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know how much research and writing this would take? So I think this is a thing that, like, if Tom and I were to do it, he would have to, like, start <laughs> it well in advance and just kind of come up with these things. But, yeah, I would love to do that. You're going to make him write like uh, George Martin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Many years in between uh, each book. <laughs> I told you this at New York Comic Con, but I just wanted to say again, uh, Batman number 14, um, Rooftops, man, is my favorite issue out of this whole run, by the way. Yeah? Man, yeah, I told you, you signed, um, I had to open the, 
that big splash with all the stars in the sky, and you oh. you gave a nice uh, you gave me a nice uh, silver signature right next to the couple kissing him. Do huh? Nice do, and uh, <laughs> man, I, I I could just stare at this issue over and over again. You know the the use of space, the blues, the way the way you draw her face and everything. It's just, and I always wanted to ask you actually. What, what was the technique for the stars? Because there are a lot of stars in this issue. Was it like a splatter technique or was it a dotting yeah. technique? Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm actually all digital. Okay. Uh, I have I've about halfway through Punisher, I switched to all digital. Yeah. And uh, I remember Tom gave me that page. I remember it in the script. And so technically, the only piece of original art from Batman is I, I went outside with a toothbrush and some black ink and just, you know, sat there and bristled a bunch of hmm. you know splatter onto a onto a sheet of paper and then scan that in and just you know reversed it so the all the black black to white yeah. bits turned to white and uh, so that's all like actual ink that's on awesome. that make the stars yeah that's so that makes them so much more meaningful for me because I always wondered that when I was, whenever I would just look through this issue because it's freaking beautiful man and just thank uh, you is Batman your favorite character to draw or do you who is your favorite? easily yeah. 100%. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I remember, so when I did those two issues, when I did 14 and 15, I was originally only supposed to do 15, and it was going to be the Swamp Thing story that we later did in 23. Mm. And uh, one of the other artists, the artist who was supposed to go before me didn't work out, and it was kind of late in the <clears throat> late in the game. And I remember Tom calling me up, Tom and the editor calling me up and be like, hey, would you like to do two issues of Batman and we'll, we'll make it a story that connects. And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And they're like, the only difference in deadline though is going to be a week. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh my God. Mm. And, uh, Tom was like, you know, this is me and you, we'll make it work. We can alter things, whatever. And, uh, I did both those issues and I think I turned it in like three or four days early cool. just because, I realized that I'd been drawing Batman my entire life. Mm. So when I actually sat down to draw actual Batman, it all just flowed out. Like I had the best time. That's awesome. That's cool. And that's that's so great too because um, you're able to draw a great Batman, and it's like in your DNA at this point. But your your Catwoman, I think, is tied for my favorite Catwoman of all time too. You're, you're like, Who's it tied with? Jim Lee, you and Tony. All right, all right. Yeah, like you and Jim draw my favorite Catwoman of all time. Like, I don't know. I, you just get it. You have to, like, really get her, her body, her body language, her expressions, her face, her bone structure. I don't know what it is, but when you got it, you got it. You have it, and Jim Lee has it. So, um, oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah, my, my Catwoman is just, uh, my perfect Catwoman is Adam Hughes's Catwoman. Okay, mm. yeah. So, I, I just followed his blueprint. Yeah. Do you use uh do you use models for facial expressions, poses, anything like that? Oh yeah. Um I'm I shoot myself and figures and my wife and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, so you used yourself for Catwoman? <laughs> probably. There's probably a shot or two in there. In the leather so cats. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to see those reference <laughs> photos. Can you talk a little bit about uh, you know, your Batman 62, the dream sequence with uh, Professor Pig? Yeah. Cuz that was some awesome shit. Brutal. <laughs> I love how that issue came to be because I was always supposed to do a Batman issue, and uh, Jamie called me up one day, and he's like, you know, name a villain, we'll do it, as long as Ooh. it's not 
one of the important villains connected to something else. So you got to pick out who you wanted. Yeah, and like, I, I have no affinity for Professor Pig. It's not someone I like think of often. And for some reason, like, I think before I even finished the sentence, I was like, Professor Pig. <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those things where you kind of black out and you realize, like, what did I just say? <laughs> I think I just, I so wanted to see how terrifying a Tom King Professor Pig was oh. that I was like, yeah, there we go. Mm. Yeah, that one uh, was perfect. I don't know, something about the process that you did with that, the, the colors, the splatters of the, the blood and everything. Like we get digital copies before the, uh, the physicals come out. And even just reading digital copies, like I felt dirty after reading that issue yeah yeah like like i was like uncomfortable i was like what is this man wow these are all things i was aiming for so you're making my day (laughs) and then i like the twist at the end that was really cool too yeah like he pitched nightmares to me and i thought it was the coolest thing ever so i love that the issue is just kind of weird the whole way through and then it gets super weird at the end and then, like, there's no answer. Like, I, I'm obsessed with making readers feel a certain way when they read my books. And so to get to play in this, you know, little room and just kind of, like, just make people so weirded out and creepy and all these things, it was, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was pretty brutal and nice and gory, just the way I like it. <laughs> is there is like is there anything that you've ever, like, drawn or done where um, maybe even that where somebody, like the editor, someone's like, no, dude, you can't do that. It's like way too much. Um, we had some things in Mr. Miracle that we had to change. Ah. Uh, <laughs> in the in the scene where... You had uh, to take out his penis? Is that what you had to do? <laughs> no, no. Well, oh. I actually did have to at one point. A <laughs> couple times, maybe. <laughs> uh, issue 5 originally had a ton of nudity that we he, had to... Uh, Scott hanging free. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, issue five had a ton of nudity we had to cover up or get wrong. Oh, yeah. I know, like, in issue, all oh, the, the birth issue, issue seven, we originally had it from the doctor's POV. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they said no to that. Dude, I couldn't even watch my own kid born. <laughs> how, how could you draw that? <laughs> right. Wait, did you actually draw that out and then they said no? I drew a layout because we knew there was no way. So I drew the layout. Yes, you knew there was no way. And submitted it. And like, I, it was like 20 minutes later, we got a note from Dan DeVito. Like, nope. No, no, no. So this is every time. To this day, every time I see Dan, he always mentions that page. <laughs> I can't believe you try uh, to draw that in there. Actually, put it in the book. <laughs> maybe you need to, uh, maybe you need to complete you, a page of that for Dan's birthday. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> now you have your black label book ready. Well, well then, that that's actually a good little unexpected segue. Good. All right, so so Mitch, you're a an award winning successful comic book artist in America. What That's you... what I make people say when I enter a room. Hear ye, hear ye. Because I ask um, a handful of um, people that come on the show, artists, about this. Like, what is your um, Alucard perception of the weird and uncomfortable relationship America has with nudity in certain medias as, as opposed to, like, say, Europe or other parts of the world? And, you know, obviously one of many examples is the whole thing that happened with Black Label, with Dams and whatnot. Like, like are, 
are we two steps forward, one step back? Is it other? Do you feel it should be more yeah. mature? Like, yeah, what's your take on this? I mean, I don't. I think it, it's it's there's you know there's a big way to come at this, and then the small way. And the big way is, yeah, we need to be a little more open to stuff because I think the more we taboo things, the more uh, the the more we taboo things, the the dirtier they become. Right. And the there's things that don't need to be dirtied. A little nudity, like we all are nude under our clothes. Like I don't think nudity should freak people out as much as it does. Exactly. Uh, you know, and then there's but there's cases for it too. Like just saying that doesn't mean like you can go nuts with nudity. Mm. A little nudity's fine, but maybe some sexual situations you gotta censor that a bit. Mm. Um but you know, then there's the the weird little things about like Batman Damned and stuff where that was more just a, a matter of really bad timing. Yeah. Um, yeah we DC had just gotten a brand new boss literally the day that came out. <laughs> so <laughs> now there's all these things on, you know, Colbert and all this and that's a tough position for someone new to come in and see that. Mm. So they cracked down on it a bit. And, you know, it's it's all it's all relative. Yeah. It was it was the worst timing because I felt the vision for Black Label was the step in the direction that I feel one of the big two sh- should have been taking for quite some time now. And I feel like it was going then. It was just ridiculously bad timing. But uh, it always seemed really strange to me how, like, something so subtle and natural, like a little bit of nudity in, in this medium where we could draw, you know, we could talk about people with makeup you know, blowing up, I don't know, orphanages or laughing gas or scary, all this other stuff. But, you know, a subtle nudity, which happens in er- in everyone's lives, is something that people freak out about. So I mean, it's always interesting to hear what you professionals say uh, or, you know, yeah, your take. I don't, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, I, think if, uh, I think if more people were artists and were exposed to, because, you know, as most artists are, part of them learning their craft is a lot of anatomy drawing. I think if more people were artists, it would kind of take away some of that stigma of, you know, nudity being an uncomfortable situation. Absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, there's definitely a bias that just happens because I'm an artist or because Mm -hmm. anyone is related to a creative field. Uh, We have a different way of approaching things. Mm. Which kind of leads me back real quick to Batman 14, where the, um, that, intimate situation that you had Batman and Catwoman in, the way you depicted it was was like perfect though, now that I think about it. You know, it was just right. So Yeah, I mean that those two issues were all about actual like romance and the beginning of love and all these things and yeah. we we wanted to make it as you know, we wanted romance and love to be the thing that comes off the pages, not sex. Right. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's just kinda one of the things we aimed for. I always say that one day I need to write, or one day I, me and Tom need to do a, just a one-page thing where it just shows Alfred returning to that rooftop, like, <laughs> picking up diamonds. <laughs> just grossed out. <laughs> with, 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 like, um, well, like a dustpan and whatnot, like a really yep. posh dustpan. <laughs> little tweezers, just constantly cringing. <laughs> Are there any other DC characters that you would like to tackle in the future. Tom King said there are things in the works that he can't mention. 
But I, you know, in my brain, I always just threw some. I threw some names at him, like, oh, how cool would it be to see you guys do like a, a Doctor Fate or an Etrican or some of these badasses throughout DC mythology that need like a little bit of modern do. Like, are there any like characters that stick out to you that you might want to work on? In the yeah, future? this question's always funny because it always like I hate. I love the question, but I also hate it because it sounds like I'm marketing. Um, <laughs> but. When I started at DC, so here's my list, and nice. this is not this is not marketing. This is just this was my list. So awesome. it was Batman, Mister Miracle, Wally West, mm-hmm. and then the, the new thing we're about to be doing would be like my fourth. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. So I'm crossing people off the list like right off the bat. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Three out of four is pretty good. Yeah, that's good yeah. batting average right there. When when you were getting into this whole art thing, like, okay, I'm gonna try to be a comic artist, I'm sure no part of you ever imagined that it's going to lead to your closest creative partner being on late night television showing <laughs> off your work and, and talking about how great it's been working with you and, and creating this yeah no i did not see that coming i didn't see it coming that night i was like what <laughs> is happening what yeah, we, I, I, th- I think we all had sort of the same feeling on that because uh we mentioned this just last week when tom was on uh, so the first time we ever had tom on the show was just after rebirth was announced so he wasn't known for Batman yet. So what he was known for was, you know, for the most part, it was Vision and Grayson and yeah. We Are Rob. So like, you know, he was, he was getting a name for himself, but it was nowhere near this level. So yeah, the, yeah. the first time we had him, you know, he's, he was sort of just making his way to, to, to get to this level. So watching him and yourself and Clay Man and, and Janin and everybody that's been a part of this just exploding as as all of this has taken off and all of the the media what's, coverage that it's got has been insane. What's funny about the Seth Meyers thing, like I always feel bad because he wasn't there to talk about me. Like one of the reasons he literally was put on that show is to talk about Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> he never mentioned it. <laughs> they really? they oh, wrapped man. up. But Tom even said, like, when they did the rehearsal, like, it all led to Heroes in Crisis. I mean, they brought Clay and his wife in. Clay and his wife were there in the green room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and he, they brought the Mr. Miracle thing was not planned. All of a sudden, he brought out that picture, and they talked about Mr. Miracle. And I think that ate up the time. So I always feel bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, at least you got in there. Hey, Heroes in Crisis got plenty of publicity anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, like, the... On the Seth Meyers, too, the, they had Jason Manzukis, who Tom and I are obsessed with. And uh, all of a sudden, he just started going on about Mr. Miracle. And I was like, what yeah, is happening? Yeah, because you put him in there. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh. That, yeah, Rafi, man, he's hilarious. Oh, my God. Every character yeah, all, he does is amazing. Yeah, yeah. All, all of those cameos were really cool, too. Uh, and we even had uh, yourself and Tom in there. <laughs> that page was... I, I think I ticked off my editors with that page. <laughs> I, I gave them a lot of extra work. So originally it was just, we did it in Sheriff too, where we had all the creative team show up on a page. Mm-hmm. And so that was the original plan. Is in the audience, Tom wrote, you know, in the audience, there's me and you and Jamie and all the different assistant editors we have, Dan and Jim, blah, blah. 
but I had more space, so I just started filling them in with podcast people that I love and <laughs> co- you know comedy podcast guys and girls and uh, all of a sudden like I turned it in and Jamie wrote back like what are you doing like we can't do this without you can't do this without any sort of you know likeness rights and blah 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 uh, and well, so that's he's like, why you- I have my video on so you can put me in one <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you need to redraw that page and I was like give me a day and so I contacted all those people. No I, way. I got them all to sign a thing. Like, it was awesome. And I turned it in. You could tell Jamie was just a little like, Ugh. I can't <laughs> believe you, you actually did it. I told wow. him not to. Yeah. <laughs> so did you have any contact with any of those guys before? Um, I had, I mean, nothing Besides, you know, like a random, maybe they liked or responded to a tweet sometime, but uh-huh. nobody that I knew uh, explicitly, except for the one people always don't catch, and I get why, but on a different page, uh, when Barda and Scott are in an elevator on their way to getting their ultrasound, uh, in that same issue, the, the other guy in the elevator is Brian Fallon, who's <laughs> my favorite musician. Yeah, Gaslight Anthem. Yep. And he's a big comic guy. He, uh, I've known him for a little bit now. And like, he went really? to the Joe Kubert school. It's wow. funny. He has a story. So he went to the Joe Kubert school and he was there for like a day and he got a phone call saying, Hey, we love your band. Would you like to go on this tour? So he had like a day to decide if he wanted to be a musician or a comic book artist. Holy crap. No pressure. He, there. <laughs> yeah. He picked musician, which I think he picked the right one. <laughs> But I wonder, uh, given different eras of entertainment, like you, it, today, that might be a much harder uh, a much harder choice to make. Just how big comic culture has become. Oh yeah, I mean, talk about two industries where it's a complete crapshoot if you make it or not. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, like, uh, but both of them have that the the same thing where it, it doesn't really matter how good you are. You could be one of the best in the world and still not make it if you don't have the right stroke of luck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What other uh, podcasts uh, do you uh, currently listen to, comedy ones? Uh, so I, I'm big in kind of all those ones that I put in there. Um, Did, so the Manzukas is that from the How Did This Get Made? Yeah, How Did This Get Made, you know, oh, he obviously dude, shows one. up on all these other... I mean, How Did This Get Made is my favorite. That's my, yes. like... I have literally you- have... I had to pull over one time driving my kid to school because I was like laughing so hard I couldn't breathe. <laughs> Which one was it? Uh, what one was it? My favorite is telling... the face off. Yeah, that one was great. This was a more recent one. I'm trying to remember what it was. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, but... it's a great podcast. Yeah. And then uh, I love, you know, Comedy Bang Bang is amazing. And, that one's good. <laughs> uh, you know, their new one with uh, just uh, Scott Ackerman and Lauren Lapkus and. Paul F. Tompkins, the freedom. Yeah. That one's really good. Uh, yeah. Um, Raised by TV with Lapkus and all great. Yeah, good stuff. Are you able to listen to like, podcasts when you draw? What do you listen to when you draw that helps you focus? I usually save podcasts for the car. I don't know why that is. I used to listen to them while I drew, but now I just throw on TV. Mm. So I have TV going off on the side. I try to make it something that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah, background noise. Like, I think most of Mr. Miracle was drawn to a complete rewatch of Friends. 
You're a big friends guy? I mean, I guess. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those things you have on that if you don't actually look at the TV for hours, it's okay. Mm. Yeah, you still know what's going on. Yeah. You mentioned your brothers were into comics. What have they thought of your progress and success? Oh, they hate me. No. (laughs) (laughs) They ask you to draw stuff all the time. Yeah, no, I think they think it's cool. Um, You know, I think my whole family, you know, they're they're proud of me. Like, they also saw the lean years. I mean, there were years where I had to decide on food or whatever. And I was like, my wife is amazing because when we were just dating, we weren't even engaged. We were just dating. And she was paying my rent for my apartment that she didn't even live in. It was just my apartment. She was paying my rent just so I could continue working towards it that is a keep i know like she, she believed in it. you man hell of a girl but uh, she, right <laughs> a little different than a clay man's girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah and when the first time clay was on he explained how uh she told him that you know you can't do that you can't make it in that <laughs> oh. <laughs> most of it today and that's like they're like i'm pretty like i'm a nice guy like i i I tend to be pretty cordial with everyone and blah blah but like and i and i try to make people feel good all the time it's it's a weird thing but like clay is the exact opposite clay will clay will find what's bothering you and then just beat you over the head with it (laughs) and it's in such a subtle way that like it's so endearing but like yeah, he will. He will find if you're down, and his way to like comfort you is to just knock you down farther. He was he was so ruthless when he was pretending to be one of us, and he was just like such a dick. Like, uh, and it's just like so hard to listen to because you know you you perceive it as Tom thinking it's one of us, and he's like, oh, so like, well, and some Tom said something like, I forgot what he mentioned. It's oh yeah, the nightmare issues, and then Clay's like, yeah, I wasn't really big on those issues. Like, are those yeah. over with? They're over with, right? We don't have any more. Okay, cool. Like, Thank God. Wasn't my favorite. I just remember when he trashed Frank Miller for a bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's when Gramps almost uh, had a stroke. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, uh, uh, and then even after he reveals himself, he and then Tom's like, I told, I, I said that you were the, you were one of my favorite artists, and he goes, Yeah, but you went on about Frank Miller this, Frank <laughs> yeah. Miller that. Now, yeah, but- see, I had I had met Clay the week before at the Dallas Comic Con, so he told me his plan, what he wanted to do, so. So I, I just waited all week. I waited all week for that. And, and I was afraid I was going to blow it because I had the video on and I was just dying laughing. <laughs> What's so funny is I was listening to it and I thought maybe Clay would like disguise his voice or something. <laughs> but it's, it's so obviously Clay. I'm, I'm actually a little like little like weirded out that Tom didn't figure it out. Yeah, he was just being like, he, Tom was being such a sweetheart overall. And, yeah, Tom, well, Tom. Tom's like weathered now to this kind of shit, and Clay hey. was like asking him, 
Why'd you throw Clay Man under the bus? With that <laughs> yeah, I know. The whole Poison Ivy thing. Yeah. Holy shit. And like the day before, I told Clay, like, look, uh, if, if you're going to hide on the call, you're going to have to change your screen name because if he happens to look at the list of people that are on the call, the jig is going to be up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, okay, yeah, I'm going to change it. Tell, tell, me, uh, tell me if you see it change on, on, your, on your end. Hmm. So he goes and changes the name, and I think he's gonna go, you know, some kind of regular-looking name. Yeah. But he goes Crosby, Montana. That's <laughs> 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 Tom's kid's first name. Yeah. yeah. Tony Montana. I don't know. Yeah. Tom said I thought that was a little peculiar. <laughs> Crosby, Montana is the name of a guy who's wearing a fake mustache to try to get into places he's not supposed to oh, be. Oh, for in. sure. It's Clay's version of Matches Malone. Yes, yeah. exa- that's exactly what I thought about. Magnum PI persona. It's amazing. It's good stuff. I hear. I hear they left me a question. Ah, well, <laughs> you funny you mention that. Yeah, yeah uh, Graham, you want to fire up the lightning round? Not just comics. We also talk about you know food and stuff. So, what's your favorite side with fried chicken? Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Mm, Easily. Easily. My favorite food to begin with. Okay. Exactly. Where Where are you? Are you down in Florida or are you... uh, Arizona. You're in Arizona. Oh. Close to me. We're we're currently 185 degrees. Fucking hell. (laughs) Actually, it's really cool today. It's like 70-something. All the the big shot comic artists always end up in Arizona now, don't they? With uh, Capullo and McFarlane and everyone. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just doing it early. Yeah. So, gr- growing up, who was you like uh, a comic artist that you looked up to? Uh, so it's always uh, it's I mean Jim Lee for sure. But like yeah. I was just talking to someone about this earlier. Is that like I have this weird thing where I remember like being super into comics in the '90s and. All the artists that I loved then are guys I don't really care about now. <laughs> and all the guys that like I really did not like or actively like hated when I was that age are like some of my biggest idols now. Uh, so it's, it's this weird like taste thing you go through. But uh, yeah, I mean, from when I think back, like Steve Rude on Nexus, um, yeah, Jim Lee on you know X Men, and... peanut or plain M and M's, peanut. <laughs> Oh, I just wow. they they have these new flavors out now. I think they're ones you have to like judge on. And there's a, a Thai coconut peanut M M&M. and M. It's the greatest thing, what? greatest thing on earth. <laughs> Thai coconut. I saw a commercial for a hazelnut a hazelnut spread oh. uh, M M&M. and M. So basically Nutella M M&M. and M. Yeah, yeah. Those are interesting. Okay. Uh, I got, so, uh, I like to ask. Uh, this one's a a little off from the food ones, but. Uh, professionally, what's the best advice you were ever given? And if applicable, who, who gave you that advice? Um, so Adam Hughes, uh, he gave me awesome advice that it's more applicable for when you're, you've got a foot in already, but don't, don't fix a mistake now, just fix it the next time. So like, if you don't like how you drew something, you know, we all have deadlines. We all need to get a book out. Just make sure you don't do it the next time. Huh. Who's your favorite TV private investigator? Magnum PI or Inspector Gadget? <laughs> Magnum PI. Inspector Gadget. Idiot. 
Uh, hear that, Clay? There you go. <laughs> there you go, Clay. <laughs> that was a layup. Do you have, do you have any uh, favorite sports teams? Favorite? Uh, the Twins, Minnesota Twins. It's wow. uh, I don't follow them religiously, but like it's the only sport that I still kind of grab onto a little bit. Hmm. Okay. Um, if you could have uh, dinner with any human being that lived throughout history, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my God. Dead or alive? Yeah, anyone. And don't save John Bon Jovi. For <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson, Grant doesn't like that. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I had like a real, like a, oh yeah, that makes me sound really cool idea or pick, mm. and then now I have my like. All right, so my like one that I would be awesome would be Norman Rockwell. I'd love to just sit and pick his brain. And then my actual one of like, if. A genie presented me with this question, my superficial answer. Um, shit, now I just blanked on his name while I'm sitting here. Uh, John Krasinski. I think he'd be oh. awesome to hang out with. Hmm. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I'm a big fan of The Office, so I identify with that one. Right on. <laughs> All right. Uh, name a CBS military show that you don't like. <laughs> this one's from Clay, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, there were two versions of the question. There was that that I think that was actually Tom's version of the question. Oh, okay. And Clay added just what television show don't you like? <laughs> <laughs> Both of those guys give me shit constantly because I like too much stuff. I don't <laughs> think it's a problem. Um, and I was just talking with my wife about that today. It's not that I like everything. It's just I don't talk about the shit I don't like. Mm. <laughs> um. No, I'm I'm obsessed with like SEAL Team. Like, my wife is literally looking at me through the window at this moment because <laughs> SEAL Team finale is on tonight, and she wants to make sure oh. I'm in. It's like, hurry uh, up, Mitch! <laughs> <laughs> it's starting. <laughs> but no, I watch all. Like, I, I love the Magnum PI reboot, and I try to I try to get with Clay on that, and he's just like, stop it! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> he pauses you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get here. <laughs> Now we have this new tradition where, you know, Clay and Tom got to ask you that question. Now you get to make up your own question for the next guest that we have. And it can be anything. And uh, our, we could say that we know our next guest, Robin. It's uh... Yeah, I, I, I already told him, so I don't know if you've prepared oh, okay. anything ahead of time. But, yeah, I, I let him in on the fact that uh, yeah. his question will be for Chip Zdarsky. All right. Ah. So I wish I could have come up with something better. <laughs> favorite chip chocolate or potato ah. favorite chip Yannick Paquette was on and he asked do you eat macaroni and cheese with a fork or a spoon <laughs> <laughs> a fork for sure <laughs> you, are, you artists and your interesting questions mm. <laughs> I like that one. He'll he'll like that one. And um, and and if you could have one superpower, what would it be? One superpower, um, invulnerability. Nice. I I like. Is that like invulnerability to physical harm or to internet criticism? (laughs) (laughs) I can handle the internet. I can't handle bullets. (laughs) So you'd be like Luke Cage. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Cool. There's something so satisfying of these characters that you throw them into a situation with these like 
terrible people and they can't do anything to stop them. Like, it's so satisfying. Mm. But they can destroy every hoodie that that guy puts on. <laughs> Jeez. True. There'd be a lot of closed budget happening. Yeah. Mitch, we want to thank you so much for your time. Man, it's been a long time coming, and it was worth the wait, man. I mean, oh, excellent. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and thanks for all you the guys, great work you do, man. Yeah, man. It was great, ha- it was great being here. I, I literally, before we started this, I told Robin, I was like, I can probably only do a half hour. We're at an hour now, so that's well, something. <laughs> yeah, your your wife is pissed because two teams on. So we have a DVR. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Congrats again and all the success, man. And uh, you know, everyone, grab Mr. Miracle hardcover out now. That sea foam under the black, super Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Thank you so that, much. Hey, Gotham dwellers, make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.